You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Wednesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. You guys know the drill. Need to talk about the sad news that BYU will play in front of no fans for at least the first two games of their home season this coming Saturday as well as next Friday against Troy and then Louisiana Tech. We'll talk about that, the decision that came down from the Utah County Health Department as well as the state of Utah, Governor Gary Herbert, etc., react to that. We'll also get to some of the sounds from BYU football media availability yesterday. The defensive uh, players and coaches speaking to the media. Some interesting thoughts as the Cougars make the transition from defending the option against Navy and now prepare for a pretty pass-heavy uh, spread attack from Troy. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we usually do. Today's show is brought to you, our title sponsor, our good friends over at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get $10 off your next order of the best tasting protein bars on the market. That's BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get going here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 23rd, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. A lot to get to like usual on today's show, but let's start off, of course, with the big news yesterday. BYU announcing, I guess, in conjunction with the announcement from the state of Utah that the Provo and Orem City areas have been moved back to orange or moderate risk level on the COVID-19 pandemic chart, whatever you want to call it. That means that there will be no fans in the stands at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the next two games, uh, both this Saturday's home opener against Troy as well as the following Friday's game against Louisiana Tech. This is disappointing news. There is no doubt about it. 6,000 of you, I think a majority of you listening to this podcast who live here locally, probably attempted to get tickets if you didn't get them outright. I had a couple of you reach out to me shortly after the news came down yesterday about the decision by BYU and the state to make it so that no fans could be in attendance to express your outrage. And I completely get it. I get the outrage. You're probably thinking, hey, I'm going to see BYU play in person. I'm going to be one of a few people relatively who's going to see this team in action on Saturday night. And now just a few days after you probably got those tickets, or maybe you got them just earlier this week, it's ripped away from you. It's a swift kick to the boys, uh, to use that expression, and it's disappointing. There's no doubt about it. It's also reflective of how serious the COVID-19 pandemic has become. And spare me your guys' tweets that are going to say, Jake, it's not called a pandemic, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I don't care what you want to term it. I'm going with the technical terms that are out there from government entities, including the United States government. So it has been declared as a global pandemic. It's something we're all working through. And the state of Utah feels like the dramatic rise in cases in both Provo and Orem City, mainly amongst the 15 to 24-year-old age group, which is the age group that encompasses the vast majority of BYU as well as Utah Valley University students. Well, they want to get things under control. I get it. Uh, You can... uh, 
great against it all you want. You can buck against it, whatever you want to do. Of course, we had uh, news earlier this week that two students from BYU have withdrawn from classes there in protest of the COVID-19 measures the university has taken. That's your God-given right. There's no doubt about that. You can do whatever you please. You can speak however you please. You can express your opinion however you please. And I welcome all your opinions, but this is a direct reflection of the rising cases in the Provo Orem area. Now, of course, you uh, may say that, well, the 15 to 24-year-old age group is the one of the least at risk. You're right. The statistics bear out that relatively few are going to die in that age group or have significant health risks from COVID-19 in that age group. The issue is, is those students or those young people in that age group, they're transmitting this virus to older groups of people, mainly people 60 and older, where COVID-19 becomes a much bigger issue. So, as such, the state of Utah, Governor Herbert, Governor Gary Herbert, as well as the Utah County Health Department and the State Health Department have declared that Provo and Orem are going to be in orange. Utah County could be in the orange category relatively soon if things don't turn around quickly. I live in Utah County. I hope that doesn't happen, but here's hoping that everything gets under control and they can figure things out. One thing I did find interesting, though, yesterday is a joint statement that came out from both BYU President Kevin Worthen as well as Astrid Tuminez, the president of Utah Valley University. I'm going to read this to you here because it's a pretty stern warning to the students at both of these universities. What, 70,000 plus strong? A lot of young people running around in Provo and Orem. But here was the statement, quote, Dear students, as the presidents of the two largest universities in the state of Utah, we are grateful that we have been able to open our student facilities and offer face-to-face classes this fall semester. We thank those who have been compliant with the safety guidelines that have been put in place due to COVID, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, we are greatly concerned about the dramatic rise in positive cases of COVID-19 in Utah County, particularly among college students. This is both alarming and unacceptable. We're concerned not only for your well-being, but also for those in the local community who are affected by the trends we've seen in the last week. Behavior must change. We implore you to stay home except for in-person classes, work, church, and other essentials. We ask that you limit your social interactions to those only within your household and avoid small gatherings where individuals aren't wearing masks or maintaining physical distance. If you're feeling sick, stay home. If you've had a known exposure to the virus, may test positive for the virus, or are awaiting a test result, follow the quarantine guidelines of state and local health officials. We expect you to follow all safety requirements on campus and all state and local mandates off campus. If circumstances do not improve within the next two weeks, more dramatic action will be necessary. This may include a two-week quarantine, closing campuses to the public, or a complete retreat to all remote instruction for the rest of the semester. Please be wise. Your individual choices will make all the difference. Sincerely, Kevin J. Worthen, BYU president, and Astrid S. Tuminez, UVU president. That's a pretty stern warning to the students at both UVU and BYU, but it should be an extended warning to the rest of us. We need to be smart about this. We've had two games of BYU football taken away from us. I'm not even sure I'm going to be there as a media member this week. Of course, we're still waiting word on what the media access will be like as compared to what it was earlier on when BYU announced they were going to have the 6,000 fans. I don't know. 
if I'll be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this coming Saturday. And it's disappointing. There's no doubt about that because I wanted to cover this game. Thousands of you wanted to go watch the Cougars in action. I think many more thousands of you beyond those that got tickets wanted to watch the Cougars in action. And now we're all going to be forced, it looks like, to watch on TV. The good news is we still have a game to watch. They did not nix the game, which would have been something they possibly could have done. Speaking of the state, uh, the state itself, the state of Utah, the government officials, as well as the county health departments. I'm glad they did not do that. I'm glad they're going to let this game move on. It sounds like high school football in Provo and Orem, as well as Utah County, will also carry on as well. So. Let's be smart, folks. Let's get things back in order so that way maybe the last three or four home games of BYU schedule we can get fans out to. It's one of those things I just kind of cringe at thinking, you know what? We had 6,000 people who were looking forward to going to watch the Cougars play. Concession stands were supposed to be open. Cashless payment, obviously. There's going to be gear there for BYU fans to buy. This is a big hit for BYU. There's no doubt about that. They're going to take it in the shorts financially, and they're going to have to figure things out on their own right. But I think the prudent decision was made here to have no fans in the stands and in the hopes that they can get this COVID-19 pandemic under control. So my plea for you guys today is no matter where you fall on the political scale, no matter where you fall on what you think of the COVID-19 virus, Let's abide by the mandates from the state of Utah, as well as the state and local health authorities, and get things back on track. It's a real simple thing. I know it requires a sacrifice. I hate wearing a mask. I'm sure many of you hate wearing a mask. But let's do our part, socially distance, and crush the curve once again. All right, we'll talk about some more positive news in terms of BYU getting ready for their game against Troy. Some thoughts on the Troy offense, what it's going to be like to defend it after facing off against a triple option team. We'll let you hear from some of the players and coaches who spoke to the media yesterday. And later on in today's show, we'll catch up on some other BYU sports news. Some of the things I'm hearing out of practice early on this week as the Cougars get ready for that home opener. So a lot still to come on today's show. Before we get to all of that, a reminder for you guys that our good friends over at Built Bar are our title sponsor on today's show, and these are the best tasting protein bars on the market. Wherever you're at in your health journey, you're a guy like me who's trying to lose weight, you're a guy who works out in the gym constantly trying to pack on that muscle, no matter where you're at in your health journey, Built Bar is perfect for the health conscious guy or gal. What I love about Built Bars is they are high in fiber, high in protein, but low sugar, low calorie. The perfect solution for you guys, regardless of where you're at health-wise. Additionally, 18 unique flavors. That's what I love about Built Bar. They have the best tasting protein bars out there, bar none, and 18 different flavors. They should have a flavor that fits within your palate, and you can check it out all at BuiltBar.com. They recently relaunched the brand new Built Bar, new shiny packaging, uh, completely revolutionized how the protein bar game goes. They already had the best tasting protein bars. They made it even better. One of my favorite flavors recently has actually been the Cherry Barcia. I ta- I've talked about that a couple of times. I actually made another order to Built Bar just the other day and about half of my box are Cherry Barcia flavored. So check it out guys. It's BuiltBar.com. Right now use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get $10 off your next order. doesn't matter if you're a long time or regular customer like myself or a brand new one. $10 off your next order. Just go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON. Reap in the savings and enjoy the best tasting protein bars on the market. Let's take some time now and let you guys hear a little bit from BYU football media availability yesterday. Elisa Tuiaki, BYU's defensive coordinator speaking, as well as Pepe Tanuvasa, a linebacker, and Lorenzo Fawatea, a defensive lineman. 
were the three that they trotted out to speak with the media. Let's start off with this, though. It's quite apparent that these players and coaches are going to be disappointed to not have their family and friends in the stands amongst the 6,000 who are expected to be in attendance at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this coming Saturday night. Elisa Tuiaki was asked the question, what was your reaction to this? And here's what he had to say. We'd love to have any amount of people there, even if it's just families. I know the players for sure. That's probably one of the things that's that's hurting them the most is a lot of them had families that were planning on coming. But I think any fans that you have that are making noise, it it uh, contributes, uh, you know, to the momentum and the way the things go. And so it's definitely going to affect that aspect. But, uh, you know, as we go in and prepping the boys, you know, they're not going to have fans. We're not going to have fans. It's going to be really same thing as Navy. We just got to make sure that we are we have our guys on the sideline geeked up, ready to, to cheer on our teammates. And if they're, they're guys that don't take any snaps, that they're bringing something to the table as far as value, whether it's bringing juice or energy and, and just being there as, uh, as part of the cheering squad. There you go. Coach Tuiaki saying, you know what? We got to bring our own energy like we had against Navy. Obviously, BYU already has experience playing in front of no fans. They're hoping to have at least some people cheering for them in the stands. Maybe there'll be a small contingent of, I guess what you'd call staffers from BYU who may be milling around Lavelle Edwards Stadium, but not going to be the same even with the uh, 6,000 fans that could have been there. But hey, you move forward from that. Lorenzo Fawate also spoke to the media yesterday. He had a tweet that he sent out saying, hey, I want my parents to watch me play. And he tagged Governor Gary Herbert in the tweet. It got a little bit of traction on social media. Something that he obviously wants to have his family in the stands watching him play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium like they have done in the past. Well, he was asked about that if he had received a response from Governor Herbert and what his thoughts were just on the overall matter. I don't know if he got, if he's gotten back to me, but yeah, at first I was a little upset. Um, just because, you know, everybody, all the players want their their family, especially just to be there at their game, just to watch their son and all the hard work and sacrifice that they put in. But um, it's it's the new world that we live in now and today. And it's a thing that we just have to go with it, go with it. And it is what it is. And um, we're just lucky and blessed that we still um, that we still have the opportunity to, to play t- today. So but yeah, that's it. I get the frustration that Zoe must be feeling thinking that he's going to have his parents and his family in the stands at LES on Saturday night and then it's ripped away from him. Obviously, you could tell he was miffed and put that out on social media, but hey, I appreciate him addressing it straightforward and said, you know what, we're just happy to be playing football and that's all we're going to focus on at this point. One final note on this and then we'll move on to some more thoughts about Troy and getting ready for the actual game on Saturday is Pepe Tanuvasa was asked a similar question like Zoe and Coach Tuiaki. Here's what he had to say with regards to the announcement of the 6,000 fans not being allowed at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this coming weekend. I think we were a little bit disappointed. I think it's fair to say that, but at the end of the day, we're just grateful that we can have the opportunity to play football on Saturday. And so we're looking ahead uh, to the game, keeping that in mind. You know, there's a lot of teams around the nation that still aren't playing. And so we're one of the lucky few that gets gets a suit up and show what we have to offer. So we're just keeping that in mind. If those two answers sound vaguely familiar, well, they should, because that's been a company line almost, if you want to term it that, from BYU and their players. It's something the coaching staff has told them, you know what, this is how we're going to address things. And I can't blame them. Uh, yesterday, I kind of went on a little bit of a rant talking about the fact that I appreciated Zach Wilson speaking so candidly about COVID-19 and his own 
uh, situation with that. But uh, I understand also the guys like Lorenzo and Pepe, they don't want to step out of the line. So they're towing the company line and credit to them for that. But it was kind of funny to hear almost a similar answer from both of them with regards to a similar question. But nonetheless, BYU moves forward now. Elisa Tuiaki was asked, in terms of making the shift now, of course, you were expecting to face two option teams to start the season. You had the win over Navy, and then the game against Army gets canceled. Well, making that transition from facing off against an option team to now more of a traditional spread attack, is it going to take any extra work, or are we already working on that? We were getting ready for the for the option team. I mean, a big, big majority of our focus was on that, but we wanted to to try to get uh, you know segments of practice where we still got a lot of crossover with our offense, so we can play uh, uh, traditional traditional defense. And so, the coverage piece of it is really the big challenge when we go into a Navy game. The, the coverages are completely different and a little bit more aggressive, and so. Um, you know, that that has been the focus as we got ready for Navy was getting a little bit of of uh, teaching going on with uh, with just traditional football. And then as we as we pass Navy and get ready for this game, we were able to, you know, just keep some kind of semblance of playing some regular football in order for us to, to prepare and not be too, too far behind. So there was work put in during fall camp for BYU preparing for what they were going to face against Troy and the other teams that are coming up on the schedule now. But it's kind of the funny thing is it's almost reverse of how things normally go for programs. I'm very familiar with Utah State, obviously. My station, the Zone Sports Network that I work for, is the broadcast home of the Aggies. And there's been talk uh, often during fall camp in normal years, 2020 is anything but normal, but they talk about the fact during fall camp because they have Air Force on their schedule every year year and maybe another option team here or there that they actually do a lot of work preparing their quote-unquote normal defenses you heard coach Tuiaki talk about but they also work in getting ready to face off against an option team you teach the basics of it BYU almost did that in reverse in fall camp they were getting ready for their season opening game against Navy expected to have a second game against an option team in Army that ended up being postponed but they almost uh, really focused narrowly in on the option preparing for that while also working on the ancillary part of getting the other defensive implements put in. You heard him talk about the coverage situation for BYU, and that's a big concern, obviously, because Troy is a team that throws the ball to to set up the run. They, they just do that. Chip Lindsey, their head coach, a great spread offensive mind, but he really likes to throw the ball all over the yard, and you can expect they'll be doing that against BYU and testing the secondary throughout Saturday night's game. Of course, the best friend of a good secondary is a solid pass rush. Lorenzo Fawatea, who already played a little bit of his comments earlier on in this segment, he talked to the media and I actually asked him the question, what is your health status? Because Lorenzo was not available to play against Navy. He was dressed out there in Annapolis, but we never saw him get into the game. And obviously, it sounds like in talking with people around the program, he was a little slow in terms of getting up to speed during fall camp, had some setbacks, and it now looks like he is full go. Well, here's what he had to say in terms of his status for Saturday night's game. Um, this week, uh, it should be good. Um, they're more of a fast-paced, up-tempo team. And um, right now, I'm just fulfilling my role, uh, for especially at the defensive side, and just doing what I can do for the team. And um, when I have the opportunity to go in, then I'll fulfill my opportunity and play at my best. 
There you have it. It sounds like Lorenzo Fawatea should be good to go in Saturday's game against Troy. That will help guys like Kairos Tonga. This is a spread attack from Troy that's going to make guys really get gassed because they just go no huddle all the time. So BYU, when they get the opportunity to substitute, you'll see them do so. But whenever there are guys on the field, you need guys who can make plays. Lorenzo Fawatea, I think, is a great complement to what Kairos Tonga brings. And if Kairos gets stuck out there for a 7-8 play drive and is completely gassed at the first opportunity at the drop of a hat. I don't think BYU will hesitate to put a guy like Lorenzo Fawatea there in the same spot and expect him to have a similar type of impact that Kairos does when he's on the field because you just got to do it. This is not the option where they huddle every play and you just got to stop it, play in and play out. This is a team that just goes pedal to the floor all night long. And BYU's defense, they need to force three and outs. They need to get past breakups. They need to sack the quarterback. They need to get themselves opportunities to get breaks because if they don't, it could be a long night and you could see some points and yards being piled up by Troy on Lavelle Edwards Stadium's turf. And here's hoping that everything goes smoothly for the Cougars on Saturday night. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News. Some notes I have picked up from BYU practice this week as they get ready for Troy from our practice insiders. We'll pass that information along to you here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, if you guys are interested in advertising with us here on Locked On Cougars, be happy to have you guys on board. You got a service, a, a product, your own company, whatever you got out there that you would like us to represent, be happy to have you guys on board as an ambassador for you. What you need to do is you can email us at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Let us know what your company is about, what you're looking for, and we'd be happy to work with you guys and get you on the path to podcasting advertising success. We've got a great team here at the Locked On Podcast Network, great backbone, and they'll make sure that you are 100% satisfied and taken care of, guys. It's a great opportunity to get in front of thousands of BYU fans each and every day. I mean that sincerely. Our download numbers have never been stronger, so it's a great time to hop on board. So if you are interested in advertising, with us, please email the show at lockedonbyu at gmail.com and hope to hear from you guys soon. Couple of notes for you guys on a Wednesday before we go on today's show from practice early on this week. Earlier this week on Monday on the Coordinator's Corner, which is on BYU TV, BYU Offensive Coordinator Jeff Grimes talked about the fact that BYU may look into moving Miles Davis and or Kavika Fanua to running back to help bolster the depth there. I can report, talking with some people around the program, that Miles Davis is working out at running back for BYU this week. Who knows if it's a long-term stay there. They're hoping, uh, speaking of the coaching staff, to have Sione Finau back in a number of weeks. Uh, Grimes said two to three weeks, if not sooner. Kalani made similar comments during the media on Monday, as well as his coaches show yesterday. As soon as Finau is back, you have those three guys with Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa atop the depth chart. BYU's in pretty good shape. Miles Davis is a nice do-it-all type of athlete, could play a number of positions on the field. I think getting him some experience to see what he could do at running back is not a bad decision. Fanua, from what it sounds like, will remain on the defensive side of the ball for the time being. He has played both running back and linebacker and safety and defensive back throughout his career at BYU. It sounds like it'd be more of a last minute, uh, last resort, not a last minute, last resort deal 
to move Kavika to running back. But Miles Davis is getting work at running back for BYU this week. Javel Brown, on the other hand, who had been moved to running back in fall camp to see how he did there. He has now moved back once again to the defensive secondary, uh, working out on the scout team there. So he's making the switch back to defense and There are guys like this you're going to see move multiple positions, I think, during their BYU careers. The coaches try to find the right spot for them. But I like the fact that they're not afraid to give these guys an opportunity to show what they can do. A couple of the notes for you guys from my practice insiders who have passed information to me this week include a a couple of updates in terms of guys who are back on the field. Chris Wilcox, he is back on the field, folks. He is practicing. He is running with the first-team defense at cornerback, and that should be welcome, welcome news to the BYU football faithful. Obviously, Wilcox has missed the majority of the past two seasons with numerous issues with his lower leg injury that he suffered, what was this, almost two years ago now? But it's good to hear that he is back out there at practice. Who knows how effective he will be right away against Troy. But the good news is, is you have your top cornerback in terms of overall talent back on the field practicing for BYU. And I'm happy to pass that information along to you guys on today's show. As I say all the time, we are passing along insider tidbits you won't find anywhere else on this than on this podcast. So make sure to join us each and every day. We'll be sure to have updates for you guys throughout the rest of the week as we get closer and closer to the Troy game. But looking forward to this. I think it's a big opportunity for BYU to really legitimize themselves in the eyes of the national media. I think a number of people around the country think BYU already is for real. But you can't go out there, lay an egg, and then really make them feel like they were foolhardy for believing in you. BYU has to go take care of business and having guys like Chris Wilcox return to practice being there on the field and one of your top pass defenders in terms of cornerbacks to get him back into the fold, back into the rotation, that is a welcome welcome piece of news and I hope you guys enjoyed that tidbit and that I'm happy to pass along to you. Like I said, we'll have more for you guys throughout the week as we talk with people around the program, passing along everything we know as the Cougars get closer and closer to this game. The good news is there's a game taking place, but breaking last night, there is a mandatory mask order in place for Utah County. So wear your mask, folks. Let's be smart. Let's crush this curve. Let's get numbers back under control. Now we can move out of that orange uh, level for Provo and Orm in specific, and hopefully get Utah County from yellow to green, and we can go about our merry ways, living our lives a little more normal than they have been for the past six, seven, eight months. Anyways, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. Follow the show on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, or on Twitter. Search us out. Locked On Cougars is the name to search out. You also can email the show anytime by emailing LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And my personal Twitter feed, if you so desire to follow me there, is Jacob C. Hatch. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Have a great rest of your day. Be smart out there, folks. I hope you guys are all doing well. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 23rd, 2020. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.